Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. Uh, we've been in a series called Whole Body, Soul, and Spirit. We've been talking about the fact that you and I are made in the likeness and the image of God. God is a triune being, a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And when he made us and he fashioned us, he made us in his image, and we are three parts. Uh, our parts are body, soul, and spirit. Okay, We've been highlighting the fact that if you pull out the rug from under one part of your being, the whole person will suffer. I'm going to read First Thessalonians 5:23. Um, kind of shows um, how we are these uh, three-part beings, and uh, we'll start in verse 20. Um, we'll start in verse 16 to give a little more context here. It says this. Paul says this to the church: uh, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. That's like a whole sermon right there. Amen. Have you ever had to do that? Pray continually, rejoice in all circumstances? Yes. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Amen. All right. So um, here we see that you and I have more to look after than just our spirit. We have more to look after than just our spirit. Um, We have a soul and a body that we also need to look after, to care for, and to tend. Um, I want to read this again in the 1 Thessalonians 5.23 in the monosodium glutamate translation. I mean MSG, MSG translation. That's the message. Okay, that was a joke. That's a joke. Okay. I want some Chinese food now. All right. Okay. May God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole, put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our master, Jesus Christ. Okay? In order to be fit for the master's return, how many know Jesus is coming back to this world? Amen? Jesus is coming back to this world. He is returning. Um, how many know to be fit for the master's return? Uh, we have more to consider than just our spirit. We also have a body and a soul to, to steward, okay? So let me ask you a question this morning. Are you neglecting any part of your being? Are you, are you ne- perhaps neglecting the, the needs your body needs? Your body has needs, and God wants us to steward that. Is there, is there soul needs that you're neglecting? Our soul has different needs. Our soul is our mind, will, and emotions. And I talked about last week how part of meeting our soul's needs is being in community, being in fellowship with other believers. Okay, that's part of our soul's needs. There are many other things, of course. Or our spirit needs. Are you neglecting any, any part of your being? I just want to ask that question, pose that to you. Is there any part of your, your triune being that you're neglecting? Okay. Um, <clears throat> this week is Labor Day, Labor Day weekend. Good to see you all in church. You're not camping. Good for you. Some of you wish you were. (laughs) Me too? No. Uh, But this is Labor Day weekend, and I want to take a message, and I felt like it was a timely message, and talk about the fact that you and I, we have Labor Day weekend because it's like an extra holiday. You know, I guess they started it because for disgruntled workers who just needed another day off. So that's Labor Day weekend. We need to get another, you know, long weekend off, so awesome. Um, But I want to talk about how you and I 
are made for a purpose. We are made to work. We're made to do something. The title of my message today is called Made to Work. Everyone say, Made to Work. I asked my wife last night, can I call this message Work It? And she said, no, but tell them that you thought about calling it Work It, okay? So everyone look at your neighbor and say, Work It. All right, Work It. All right, uh, so we're made for work. By the way, next week, I want to just do a little plug here. I'm going to talk about cannabis. I'm going to talk about marijuana. It's legal here in Colorado. What does this mean for the Christians? So come to church, you're going to hear about this, and you're going to learn something. It's good stuff, all right? Okay, but you and I, you and I are made to work. We often highlight the fact that you and I are made for love, like God created us for love. He created us for intimate fellowship with him. More than anything, God desires to know you, to walk with you, to have intimate personal fellowship with you. We talk about that often. Um, yeah, not, my, my message is on fire. That's what's happening here. Okay. <laughs> I stole that from Chris Valentin. He recently, uh, he was preaching a message and the fire alarms went off and he's like, the Lord told me my message would be on fire today. So in full disclosure, I stole that from him. Okay. Um, okay, where are we at? Okay, you guys, uh, we are made for love. We're made for fellowship and communion with God. We're made to connect with the body of Christ. But often we do not talk about the fact that you and I are actually made to do work, to accomplish something for a purpose, okay? Um, and so... <clears throat> We are not, uh, I want to just make sure I emphasize this point because I don't want us to get into a works mentality. We're not human doings. We're human beings. We're, we're created to be, and then from being, we do. Amen? Um, our, our, the things we do in life flows from a love relationship with God. So the good works we do flow from a love relationship. But God doesn't want us to stop there. He doesn't want to stop at just getting your sins forgiven so you can get to heaven. He wants to transform you, renew you, and make you a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. Amen? And so we're here to do something. We're made for something. Um, the seed thought, and the reason why I felt like this message was so important for us to talk about is because there are many people, there's like an epidemic of people sitting at home right now getting paid to do nothing. Okay, and in many cases, people are being paid more to stay at home than to return back to work. And I actually think this is a really, really negative thing for us. Now, uh, it's not good, but disclaimer, if you can't find work or if someone's disabled mentally or physically, we, we can and we should help those people out. I just want to say that. But we've also seriously de-incentivized people from walking in their purpose. Okay, we've... we've, we've um, We've prevented people from being productive, and we need as individuals, as humans, to be productive. This is one of the needs of our, our body, soul, and spirit, is to be productive and to do something in our lives, okay? We're not just here to take up room, amen? Okay, <clears throat> so a purposeless individual that isn't producing something, it's, it's catastrophic to the soul and the body. Um, how many know people? I know people that this year... Um, because of, or 2020 and 2021, because they've just been sitting at home, homeless, or not homeless, but um, maybe homeless, I don't know. But sitting at home jobless and drawing a paycheck or whatever, have just sat at home, and how many of people have fallen into like, some bad habits? Like, I, you, know, you guys know people like this? I know people that have fallen into drugs. I know people who have fallen into alcohol. I know people who have, who have you know, become addicted to, to pornography and those kind of things. And so... For 2020 and 2021, in many cases, the antidote to this pandemic around the world, in many cases, the antidote has become a bigger problem than the problem itself, 
Amen. So, um, isolation, purposeless, and idle bodies um, are in many ways producing worse results than the pandemic itself. Okay. Um, let me give you um, some more evidence of this. Um, I was just reading a few studies this week, and there was one study out of the UK, and they said this is a, a, a statement uh, that they made. They said from this study, um, higher health life expectancy is strongly correlated with higher employment rates, particularly for men. On average, for every 10 percentage points higher, the employment rate, healthy life expectancy is around five years higher. Okay, so people sitting at home, purposeless, you know, they don't have a purpose, they don't have a job, they're not putting their hands in anything. This is actually killing people. They're living, uh, they're not living healthy and longer lives. And so it's really important that we are productive people, amen? We need a purpose, we need to produce something, and I think men are especially susceptible to the negative emotional uh, impacts and the negative behaviors from just sitting around idle doing nothing. According to the study, there's a strong correlation, particularly for men who don't have a purpose to, to put their hands to. Um, I'll give you an example of this. How, remember, how many remember King David? He was supposed to be out at battle. He's supposed to be out with his men at battle, but he was back in Jerusalem hanging out, right? He was supposed to be with the men, but here he is sitting idle. And what happened to King David? He fell into some stuff, didn't he? Yeah, man. Uh, he didn't put his hands to works, so in that void, <clears throat> he put his hands, oh, excuse me. <clears throat> let's, let's drink some water here. <clears throat> oh, I got it, I think. All right. He didn't put his hands to work, so in that void, he put his hands on another man's wife. Okay, we need to be putting our hands to something and being productive, and in many cases, this helps us stay on point and on purpose, okay? Psalms chapter 128, verse 2 says this, you shall, eat the fruit of, um, you shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. Okay, you shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands, and you shall be blessed, it shall be well with you. There is a blessing reaping the harvest that you have produced. There's a blessing in that, reaping the harvest that you've put your hands to and reaping the rewards of your hard work. And it says here, it shall be well with you. There's a correlation between reaping your rewards of your hard work and your soul's needs being met. It will be well with your soul. How many want it to be well with your soul? Amen. Okay, so... <clears throat> One thing I'd like to go after today is to show you that not only are you called to benevolent deeds, charitable deeds, but we're also called to build something, create something, produce something, raise someone, mentor someone, build someone up, okay? We're, we're created to do something outside of ourselves, okay? I wanna present the idea that your good works um, your charitable deeds, and the work of your hands, what you produce, are not mutually exclusive of one another. Okay, sometimes we've, we've totally divorced these two. There's like my work life, the things I do to provide for needs, and then there's like this other side of me where, you know, I'm charitable and I'm giving. I just wanna, I wanna suggest to you that maybe those things are closer than we might think they are. That actually getting up and going to a mundane job is actually part of the good works that God has called you to. Okay, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, it says this. This is so great. I love this verse. It's one of the most popular verses in the Bible. For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. 
Amazing scripture, right? We all love this. But then I love verse 10. It goes on further. It says, for we are God's handy. We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. How many know that we're not saved by our good deeds? We're not saved by our good works, but we are saved for good works. Okay? We're not just supposed to get saved and then just, you know, wait for the by and by to come, you know? We're supposed to get saved, get empowered, and then do something with our lives, okay? We're not saved by good deeds, but we are saved for them, okay? And I just want to encourage you to, to, to uh, take what you've been given, freely you've received, give it away, okay? amen? Okay, so I want to suggest good works includes more than just your benevolent, charitable deeds. Getting up, going to a mundane, repetitious, toilsome job, and submitting to a boss that you may or may not like is part of the good works here on earth that God has called you to, okay? You might think this is just your lot in life to get up and go to this terrible, boring job that's toilsome, but listen, showing up to that job and doing a good job and submitting to a boss and working hard and, and even doing things that people don't see behind the scenes to, to do a good job there actually brings glory to God, okay? And uh, it's clear and it's evident in the scripture, Christians, that God doesn't want us to just like always being a problem. He wants us to be a blessing to our society, a blessing to our bosses, a blessing to the country we live in, okay? And so, um, so we're gonna go after that a little bit today. Last week, I showed you that mankind was not only created for divine connection, but also created for human connection. Um, Adam, in the garden, had perfect, unbroken fellowship with God, perfect, unbroken relationship with God, and yet, in that perfect unbroken fellowship, before sin had entered the picture, God proclaimed that Adam needed something else. What did he say? He said, it is not good for man to be alone. Let us make him a helper. He needed a companionship. Adam needed community, okay? So we're not just created for divine connection. We're also created for one another, human connection. But also in the same way this week, I want to show you that mankind was created to do work before sin came into the picture, See, work, working hard, and hard work is not a consequence of, of the fallen world we live in. It's not a consequence of sin. We're actually created for work before sin even entered the picture, okay? So I'm, I'm going I'm to uh, kill some religious cows today, I think. I don't know. All right? Genesis 2, 5 through 7, it says this. Now, shrub, now no shrub had, appeared, had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living, living being. All right, jump down to verse uh, 15. The Lord God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. Okay, everyone say work it. All right, you got to work it. Put your back into it, all right? You're going to work it. <clears throat> Too far. Okay, thank you. I was searching for the line, and I've just been told I found it. So it's like kids, they test the, the line. They want to know where that line is, you know? All right. So I just found out. <clears throat> all right. Mankind was created to rule over the earth, to subdue the earth, to bring it into order, okay? 
Um, now, I don't know what that specifically looks like for you. I don't know if you're called to be the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, okay? But you're called to do something with your body, to put something into action and to produce something, amen? Okay, so um, I want to show you also that it, it's, okay, so it was God's original design that we would be productive. It's also God's eternal design that we would be productive, okay? It wasn't just at the beginning and now. It's actually his eternal design. I want to ask you a question. Will we work in heaven? Is there work in heaven? We know there's worship in heaven. We know there's communion with God in heaven, but will we work in heaven? Um, I believe we will. And many people have misconceptions about what heaven is. Um, and sometimes the picture we paint of heaven is like pretty boring. It's like, what are we gonna do? And then you, you know, the fireside calendars and you see people on clouds with harps and they have wings and whatever. It's like, it kind of looks boring. I'm you know, if that's heaven, it's like, all right, it's better than the alternative, so I'll go there, but you know, <clears throat> but it doesn't seem very exciting to me. Listen, heaven is gonna be blissful, amazing experience. I, and I believe that we will actually be productive and produce something in heaven. Okay, um, so a lot of people view it as like, uh, they make it sound like an eternal beach vacation with a harp, okay? We're just gonna, that sounds nice, we're just gonna lay on a beach with a harp forever, okay? There's nothing wrong with laying on a beach. In, in fact, for another message, we could talk about rest, we could talk about Sabbath, we could talk about sabbaticals and, and making, those are some of our body and soul needs, right, that we need rest. Um, that's another sermon. Um, there's nothing wrong with laying on a beach, but how many know it's not, it's not right to only lay on a beach? Okay, it's not wrong to take a break, but it's wrong to only take a break. Okay, and, um, <laughs> and some people are only taking a break right now. And you need to get back to work, okay? So, and, by, and I'll just, this is my personal opinion. If you had the choice to stay at home unemployed and make the same money or even a little bit less going back to work, I actually think it's better for people to go back to work and to produce something with their hands than to just keep receiving. Now, I, I get for different reasons. People are looking for jobs. They're trying to find one that will meet their needs. I get all that. But I actually think even if you, you can't make quite as much as you could, even drawing unemployment, I would say it's still better to go back to work because it's meeting a need of your soul, which is to be productive people. Amen? Okay. Um, so I want to I tackle three misconceptions about heaven. All right. Misconception number one. We will just float around as spirit beings. Okay, this all has to do with what I believe will be happening in heaven as far as work goes. We will just float around as spirit beings. Okay, that's misconception one. Okay, no, the Bible teaches us that we will receive in heaven a glorified body. Glorified body. Now, for some of you, actually for all of us, this is a massive upgrade. Okay. For some of you, it's more of an upgrade than others. <clears throat> but an upgrade for all of us, okay? I don't know. Greg, you mentioned some knees. God needs to heal some knees. You know, I was running last night and my knee was bothering me a little bit. So I, I can't wait to get a glorified body where nothing hurts, right? You know, I'm 40, year, 40 years old this year. Or uh, yeah, I'll actually be 41 this year. And you know, it's different than when you were 20, you know? So I can't imagine what it's like at 60, 70, 80. I don't know. So, <clears throat> okay, we'll receive a glorified body. This is a massive upgrade for all of us. Listen, when we die our spirit immediately goes to be with the Lord. Our spirit immediately goes with the Lord. <clears throat> but at the rapture of the church, so something will happen in heaven 
and on earth at the same time at the rapture of the church when Jesus comes to take the church off this, off this planet. At the rapture of the church, the saints who are here will, be, will, will be, come up to heaven and they will be given glorified bodies immediately. The saints that are in heaven will, at, will simultaneously be given <clears throat> glorified bodies. How many of that's good news right there? <clears throat> but we will receive glorified bodies <clears throat> in heaven. Um, if you're taking notes on this, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18 talks about the rapture and, and being caught up with the Lord. <clears throat> but watch this, uh, Philippians, Philippians uh, 3, verses 20 through 21. Paul says this, But our citizen, citizenship is in heaven, as we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him will bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Okay, he's going to transform your lowly body to be like his glorious body. Do you want to catch a glimpse of what your glorified body in heaven will be like? He says, our, our lowly bodies will be transformed to be like his glorious body. So how do we catch a glimpse of what our glorified body will be like? Well, there are two, two occasions in Scripture where we saw Jesus in his glorified state. And of course, he's Jesus. I don't know to what degree... Our glorified bodies will resemble his, but the Bible says it'll be like his. But how many know on the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, the, uh, Jesus um, um, sh- shown the glory of the Lord um, was on him. And there's a picture of Jesus. You know, he became like, I think the, the scripture says his clothes became like white as lightning. You know, this, so there's a picture there of Jesus in his glorified body. Then also after the resurrection, you have Jesus in his glorified body like walking through walls and doing different things, different amazing things. So it was a supernatural, um, his body was uh, supernatural and powerful. Listen, that is a picture of what your glorified body will be like in heaven. If you got a little ache, a little pain, how many know that in heaven we won't have that problem? We pray for people to get healed, for to be delivered of sickness here on earth, but in heaven none of that will exist. We will have glorified bodies. Our bodies will be, listen, um, not just, we won't just float around as spirit beings. Our bodies will be both natural and supernatural. Okay, and there will be physical. There will be physical bodies in heaven, something you can touch, okay? There will be a physical element to this, okay? So that's misconception number one. <clears throat> misconception number two, heaven is only in an intangible spirit realm. So I'm trying to kind of demystify this ethereal, you know, spirit realm Kind of like a dream kind of thing. That's not, heaven is a literal place, a physical place, okay? Let me, let me show you this. In the, uh, in the Bible, it says that there will be a new heaven and a new earth, and the two will become one. Um, my personal opinion is that in the same way, we will be able to recognize each other in heaven. So your glorified body, though it's a massive upgrade, it will still resemble you. I'll still be able to recognize you. I actually believe the same is true. The Bible talks about a new heaven and a new earth, and I believe the same is true about earth. There's going to be a new earth. It's a regenerated earth, but I believe in some ways we'll be able to recognize that this is the planet we've lived on. This is earth, okay? Um, Heaven is and will be a literal place that you can touch, feel, taste, smell, etc., okay? It's tangible. Revelation 21, 1 through 4 John says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among his people, and he will dwell with them. 
They will be his people, and God himself will be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. How many are looking forward to that? It's going to be a good one. <clears throat> okay, what do we have here? We have heaven on earth. We have heaven and earth merging into one. But listen, it's not just some cloud we're floating around on. It's like a planet, like things that are tangible. That's going to be heaven. This is the biblical picture of heaven. I think many times in our Western culture, we kind of have a, um, it's kind of a Greek, you know, a Greek mindset of what heaven is like. No, heaven is a tangible thing that you can touch, feel. So it'll actually be a planet, okay? So good. Uh, misconception number three, there will no longer be work or productivity in heaven. All right, I want to show you how I believe that there is still work happening in, in um, heaven. Revelation 21, 22 through 26, um, it's talking about the new Jerusalem that I just read about on earth, and it says this, I did not see any temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb, which is Jesus, are its temple. The city does not uh, need the sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. Watch this, verse 24. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Think about this, okay? Um, notice there are still nations of the earth. It's not like God's going to abolish nations. No, there's, all nations are coming to worship God, okay? There are still nations of the earth. Uh, notice there are still, apparently there are still kingdoms and kings in heaven. Apparently there are still different rulers in heaven. Now, you can rest because G King Jesus will be over the whole earth and his leadership is perfect, amen? Okay, he's the one person who actually can unite the whole world. One world government actually isn't a bad idea. It's just a bad idea when anyone but Jesus does it, okay? <laughs> Put anyone else in charge, one world government, it's not going to be a good thing. But you put Jesus at the helm, he can and will bring the whole world into order. And under his leadership, it's perfect. So I don't know specifically what that looks like. Like there will be other rulers in place. Apparently, there's still kings of the earth. In fact, there's other scriptures in the Bible that says that we are kings and priests ourselves. So I don't know. Maybe that's all of us. Um, and I don't want to go too deep into this, but I was thinking about it this morning. Hebrews 11.35 talks about the martyrs. I think if there are kings or people with higher status in heaven, it would be the martyrs or the people who had suffered for the Lord. 11, uh, Hebrews 11.35 says that they suffered these things um, because they were looking for a better resurrection. They were looking for a better resurrection. Well, that tells me that there perhaps is different levels of resurrection. Um, I'm going to make this statement, and I'm not going to back it up, but I, I, I want to preach on this in the future. <laughs> what you believe determines where you will spend eternity. What you believe determines where you will spend eternity. What you do plays a role in how you will spend eternity. Okay, now there's not envy, there's not um, resentment, there's not like jealousy in heaven. So if someone has something that maybe you don't, no one's gonna envy one another. But there is the sense that Jesus said, it, lay up for treasures in heaven. We can lay up for treasures here on earth, but we can also lay up treasures in heaven every time you give a glass of cold water in Jesus' name, every time you forgive someone, every time you tithe, every time you do something for the Lord, Jesus remembers that he doesn't forget it, and there's some type of system of rewards in heaven. And I say that to just encourage you, don't grow weary in doing good because you're going to reap a reward for the things you do in this life, okay? When you give, when you tithe, when you, when you spend your money 
to go on a missions trip to serve people who could never repay you, like there's a reward. Jesus sees that and there's a reward in heaven for it, okay? So what we believe determines where we will spend eternity. Um, um, salvation is a free gift, free gift that God offers all. But to a degree, what you do plays a role in how we spend eternity, okay? But watch this. The nations bring their splendor, their glory, and the honor into the new Jerusalem. The idea is that something of value is being produced by the nations and brought as a gift to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in Jerusalem. The idea is that there's something of of productivity happening there. They're bringing gifts to the king, okay? Um, and then let's jump down to the next chapter, Revelation 22, three through five. He says this, no longer will there be any curse. I'm just gonna pause there real quick. <clears throat> the reason why work is difficult in this life is because of the curse. Adam and Eve uh, sinned, and when they sinned, um, Genesis three talks about that God placed a curse on labor, on work. So no longer... Um, the way it was before was that the land actually worked with Adam to, produce, to be produced and cultivated. After the fall, it produced thorns and thistles, and it was, work became difficult, okay? And that's what you and I experience many times is difficult work. Listen, it says here in, in heaven, lo, no longer will there be any curse. So any work that you do in heaven actually will be a joy, it will be delight, it will be something that brings you pleasure in heaven, okay? And I actually felt like the Lord gave me this picture this morning of what that would be like when we do produce or we do work in heaven. I felt like the Lord gave me a picture of like a little boy who's playing with his Legos and his trucks. Like, he's not working. I mean, he's building something, right? But he's actually playing. And I felt like the Lord showed me, when you remove the curse from work, that it actually will be like children playing, okay? But we're still gonna be able to put our hands to stuff and do stuff and produce stuff. So it's gonna be so good. But you guys know to an extent what this is like. When you do something you enjoy, or maybe you have a job that you love, that you're really good at, that brings gratification to you. Um, I don't know about you, but when I have, a, have, a, have had a hard day of work, like there's just something gratifying about you lay down at night and it's like, man, I accomplished a lot today, okay? We'll have that minus the curse, amen? Okay? So no longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and um, of the Lamb will be in the city, and watch this, his servants will serve him. What, servants serving him, okay? They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and there will no longer be any night, for they will not need the light of a lamp or the light of a sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever, okay? Okay, there's, there's a few words here I wanna point out. Servants and serving, okay? They're doing something, they're serving God, they're, they're, they're serving. Also, ruling forever and ever. So ruling, servant serving forever and ever. The implication there is that they're doing something, they're producing something. I think, yes, there will be amazing times of worship will come before God. There's a whole world where apparently the kings of the earth are making pilgrimage to the new Jerusalem to worship God, but I believe we're bringing an increase to him. We're bringing something produced from the nations to him, okay? Here's the deal there is actually a difference between work and labor. I think we'll do work and that involves effort, but it's not gonna be laborsome, tiresome, and toilsome in heaven, okay? Here's my point. It was God's original design that we'd be productive. I believe it's also God's eternal design that we would be productive, okay? Heaven will not be boring and our efforts will be satisfying, okay? 
What about the interim? Okay, so what, Kurt? Why are you preaching about this today? What's the so what here, all right? Here's the interim. The interim is that God wants us to be productive. He wants us to work and he wants us to produce something and there's a joy connected to that. I want to encourage you. Maybe that, maybe, sometimes I think we preach up here and we're like, tell people, follow your heart and find your destiny and do the job you love. Well, what if the job you love isn't amazing? <laughs> or the job you have, I should say, isn't amazing. Well, listen, do that one and do it well and, and it'll bring glory to God. Uh, let me read a few scriptures about work. First Timothy 5.8. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives, and especially their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's a, that's a heavy scripture there. Anyone who's not provided for their own relatives, especially their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Luke 16.10, Jesus said, Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with very much. You might be saying... Oh yeah, I'll start giving and I'll start tithing and I'll start being generous once I start making this amount. Well, listen, if you're not doing it now, you're not going to do it then. I'm just saying, okay? If you're faithful with the few dollars you have and as that grows over time, you will be faithful with more. Proverbs 10.4 says, there's so much in Proverbs about hard work, okay? So many scriptures. Proverbs 10.4, lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Young people, do you want to produce wealth in your life? Listen to this. Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Proverbs 14, 23. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. And I'll give this last one. 2 Thessalonians 3, 10 through 12. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They are not busy. They are busy bodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the food they eat, okay? Uh, I'm not a big proponent about giving people food who don't work for it. Now, in some cases, we do that. We want to be generous, but we don't want to feed people for the rest of their lives when they're not willing to do anything to earn it themselves, okay? That's scriptural, okay? That's not me. That's scriptural, okay? So, I don't know about you, but for me... I want to have that sense of gratification and satisfaction by producing something of value in this world, okay? And maybe that looks like benevolent deeds and giving. Maybe that looks like you getting up, going to a mundane, boring job and working for a boss that you don't like. But listen, I, th- I believe the Lord Jesus sees that and he will commend that, amen? In fact, it says this in Colossians 3, 23 through 24. Whatever you do, do it with all of your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. Did you guys hear that? You will receive inheritance from Jesus for working for people that maybe you don't even like. Okay? God is watching that. It brings glory to him when you submit yourselves and do a good job at the job you're working at, even if you don't like it. Now, I pray and I hope you find that life-giving job that makes you feel so satisfied and so purposeful. I pray that happens for you. But if you don't, know that you can still bring glory to God just through that mundane grind, getting up in the morning and getting it done, okay? Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving, okay? So when when we go to jobs, we're doing it for Jesus. We're serving as if we are Jesus, okay? All right. Um, I want to play one video and then we'll close the service. And I don't know about you, I like... 
I like watching videos of people who are really good at their jobs. So the title of this video is Satisfying Videos of Workers Doing Their Job Perfectly. So go ahead and roll that video and we'll close. Isn't that nice? I love watching those videos. Those are just, things just fit perfectly. It's not great. All right, why don't you guys stand on your feet? All right. Happy Labor Day weekend. I guess Labor Day is tomorrow. Happy Labor Day. Get back to work the day after tomorrow, all right? Um, I'm going to pray for you and we'll, we'll dismiss. Father, we love you. We thank you, Jesus, for. Um, thank you for our bodies, God, our minds, Lord, to, to put our hands to something that is of value, Lord. I thank you we're here to produce and to change this world and do something for your name and for your glory. Lord, I pray for the ones here who are in a, a career that maybe is just soul-sucking and, and is not gratifying, Lord. Um, I just pray for them, Lord, that they would realize, Jesus, that they're working for you. They're going in for you, Lord God, and you are literally, you're watching and you're keeping the score. And they're going to receive a reward from you for doing a good job in that mundane, boring, repetitious, laborsome, toilsome job. So I just pray encouragement over those people, Lord. And I just pray for upgrades across the board here, Lord, those who want to find something that they can put their hands to that is meaningful and gives them purpose and life, Lord, I pray that um, we would find that, Lord. So I just pray you'd open the doors that no man can shut, Lord God. And if for some people that's stepping out to start a new business, for some people that's going back to school, Lord, 
But God, I thank you that we're called to produce something and we're not supposed to just lay around and be busybodies, Lord God. So I, I just bless this church. I thank you for these hardworking people, Lord God. And we thank you for the ability to produce wealth, Lord God. We love you. We bless you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you guys. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support, and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church, where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us, and we hope you have a blessed week.